0: Welcome to the mayhem Dick and Lloyd mayhem Media mayhem Marketing mayhem You might love it You might hate it It's my favorite freaking show
1: Hi there, Dick Wilson and Loy Edge back at you with two more legendary Kansas City celebrities. First off, we invade the home of Cowtown cartoonist Charlie Podroberic to talk tunes and tomatoes. And then it's down to Diebel's Cigar Lounge to chat with Chief's great and business guy, Touchdown Teddy, Ted McKnight, to see what he's got cooked up with England. Pardon me, don't go away. Let me get this. Hello?
2: Hey Dick, it's Boss Martini. How you doing, champ? Oh,
1: Buzz, yeah, the uh, sales guy for our podcast.
2: Hey, listen! I, I I'm getting nowhere with this uh, selling this uh, podcast. Nobody's yeah. listening to the damn thing.
1: Well, uh,
2: I think what you guys need is some controversy. What do you mean? You got no controversy. All these people you're interviewing—I mean, you're not catching them in any lies or nothing.
1: Well, but Come, uh, I
2: came up with an idea to get you some real publicity.
1: Okay. I'm going
2: to get Nike to put you in a campaign.
1: Wait a minute. Just
2: like they did with this Colin Camperdick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he takes a knee, right? Uh, he yeah. pisses off a bunch of people. Well, they put him in a campaign. Uh, oh. I got an idea. Here's what we're going to do. I talked to Loy. He's in.
1: Oh, boy.
2: We get online. You get a poster of John Wayne, and you put dog do on Wh- it.
1: What? Real dog do?
2: Why? No, it's plastic. It's rubber. It looks real, but you don't have to touch nothing. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: I don't... It's great. And while you're doing that, he's singing a song I wrote him
1: called. What?
2: What, uh, what is it? Uh, Chuck Norris is a wussy, and Chuck Schumer could kick his ass. Uh, (laughs) It's gold, champ, I'm telling you. uh, Nike's going to love it.
1: Yeah, I I don't. All right, I'll
2: talk to you later.
1: uh, All right, Lloyd, tell them where we are. We're in Westwood, Dick. We are at
3: the home of Kansas City's very well-known cartoonist Charlie Poder
4: Barrick. Welcome to my house, my Boy, home. Good to be here. Good yes, it
3: is. You've been in
4: Westwood a long time, Charlie. Since the 80s. All right. Has it changed
1: a lot since you moved here?
4: It sure has. Yeah, um, yeah the house has changed, the neighborhood's changed, a lot more uh, places to walk to. Well, that's right. It's like Restaurant Row over here now, isn't it? It is.
1: Well, let's talk about yeah. the life of a guy who gets up and draws stuff for a living. Yeah. How many years you've been doing that?
4: Since uh eighty two I think, I started doing uh cartoons for local magazines. Okay. And yeah. then I start doing uh stuff for the star in eighty mm-hmm. yeah. And then I drifted into the greeting card field when it was still a field and uh did I don't know hundreds and hundreds of green cards for with a
1: hallmark, Were you under the hallmark label or the I was sh- under that sh- but box I was uh,
4: yeah. That's how it started in uh, the laugh line, which was the the other side of that. Yeah. But I was a uh, uh, freelancer and still am. Um, so I worked for Hallmark and for all their competitors okay. all at the same time. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah. So really, the the uh, daily newspaper industry and the card industry have kind of. Falling back, and now you're... Everything I was involved with has
4: crumbled. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Where does it I blame Cowtown. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So that was the beginning <laughs> of the end. Then. All right, good. Yeah, uh, greeting card industry, the the books and newspaper, any, any Dead Tree mm-hmm. company has, mm-hmm. has, has had some issues. And
1: but you're on, uh, what is it, gocomic.com?
4: Yes, uh, and I still do uh, work, uh, new Cowtowns for George, yeah. Kansas City. Uh, okay that my old editor is the PR guy there, um, yeah. Doug. Doug Orgel's the, it's not secret, he's the uh, PR and uh, advertising guy there. And I also do a, uh, every other week, uh, cartoon for The Independent, which is, okay. it was founded in 1899, so it's, it's had good legs. It's one now, of the few yes. When you're doing uh, a cartoon for The on.
1: Independent, are you thinking differently from the old Bob cartoons? Uh, Bob makes
4: it an Does appearance. Does Bob make an appearance yeah. Yeah. in there? Okay. Um, right, yeah. um, Bob is, uh, he can almost appear anywhere. And, and uh, so he's yeah, the independent is it's, it's a little bit larger format. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I channel it to what the issue is about. They, they have like an okay. end, of, end of summer issue and, and some other theme things that I try to uh, kind of mirror. Sure. But yeah. it's, it's open ended and it, it's a lot of Kansas City stuff. There's always a, a Kansas City backdrop, either the parks or mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. the city, yeah. plaza sometimes. Where can we go
1: to see your biggest outdoor mural still around today? Anything still
4: hanging um, around there? I have a, a permanent piece at, at Arrowhead Stadium mm-hmm. at on the club level. Okay. And it's under, under Plexiglass because the Hunts said, because it's eye level. Oh. And okay. they thought, well, people might want to alter it or maybe mm-hmm. Raiders fans would, you know. Yeah. Uh, do something sure. bad to it. So uh, we
1: can go out and make markings as long as we're right on plexiglass. Yeah, it, it's yeah, got I'll like ask. a sneeze uh, guard on it. <laughs> uh, and it
4: actually looks kind of cool. It looks kind of like a pinball machine or something. Because oh, it's I'll got bet. this uh, three-dimensional, yeah. uh, sure. and, and it's a triptych, and it was done in 2013. And, and I did one for, the, for Sporting KC, which is down at their downtown headquarters. Okay, by yeah. The, in the crossroads. That's a great place. So this place. is big. Yeah. That's like six feet tall by four.
1: Had a party up there on that top floor one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's the process of you? Uh, what's your daily creative process like? You know, a lot of people are set to schedules and things like that. What? What's it? How's things work
4: for you? I always tell everyone every week is different. Every year is different. And I don't know what I really did in a year until I do my taxes. And, and mm-hmm. I still have, you know, Cowtown and, and our town for the independent. So that's, something that i have to do yeah. you know every week and every other week but uh, for the most part it, it's clients the uh, recurring clients and commissions for paintings sure yeah. i drifted yeah. it into into the uh, dog portrait um, genre really and, yeah so are these actual real looking portraits or are they cartoon versions of the dog kind of a uh stylized version okay and, you know, they're acrylics yeah. and uh, i started back when rich Kenny from the Pinot was alive, he commissioned me to do a piece for the the uh, Cashew, which is no longer 20th and Grand. It's, okay. it's the Rockwell now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so I put that a... That had a lot of your artwork in it, I remember. It did. Right and and it, it, I did one of a pug looking at a martini glass, which had olives for eyeballs. And they were, you know, the, the mm-hmm. bug eye of the pug was looking at the uh, <laughs> olives back and forth. And, and so I started getting these phone calls. And they said, you know, I like that painting, but could you paint my dog at a bar and I said well sure and it's like if your dog drank what would your dog drink and everyone has an immediate idea of what their dog what their dog would drink and yeah it Uh it wasn't even a hesitation it's like well my dog (laughs) would drink and it's either a specific kind of beer or scotch neat or martini or and then some people don't drink it's like well I'm I'm an alcoholic so I would rather have my dog drinking coffee no problem with the dog in a coffee bar so it's not always you see that. that's the
3: problem when you're a dog <laughs> and somebody is a teetotaler is your owner they won't even let you drink in a fantasy you, world. you don't
4: drop a olive on the floor ever Ugh,
1: yeah can't do it yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. so anyway, anyway, I love that I've seen it, it it's
4: commissions and I, I do I'm down to two art fairs a year the Prairie Village Art Fair and Plaza Art Fair mm-hmm. and I still get commissions from both of those throughout the year so um, How's
1: the Plaza Art Fair been to you? Has it been a good a good deal? Yeah, it's yeah. one, one of the mm-hmm. best
4: shows in the country, and I'm graduated to the corner finally of okay. Uh, at, I didn't uh, know there was a pecking order.
3: Oh yeah, Charlie. Well, yeah, Charlie used yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, Sav Mike, M- Savage Mike Savage was always there, uh, there with you, but he recently has decided to concentrate on other things, so he's not at the Plaza Art Fair. And he still t- does his
4: paintings, but he just retired right. from the circuit, and yeah. the circuit being mm-hmm. now circuit. For
3: so how the, many people do you talk to over a weekend? And, uh, it's I like mean, a, you kind of entertain there. Yeah. People come by, and maybe they can
4: talk to the artist and his lovely wife, Alicia. And right. And Alicia and I, uh, th- this will be our 27th year to do the art fair, and it's kind of a steady conga line through the tent especially on the corner so high visibility and people come through and i see people from
3: you probably see a couple thousand people don't you (laughs) oh
4: yeah i mean would you like to tell
3: all those people not to come this year if they don't buy something for once
4: (laughs) that's what Yeah, i would love to tell them that no (laughs) everyone's welcome it's an open space so you know it's uh i mean i've I've heard everything over the years because my art's humor based and everybody's got an opinion on art it's fine and it's subjective and and i've heard you know compliments insults laughter you know and some people have uh, dogs have defecated in front of my tent which is i don't take that personally but we thought they're kind of sketch kind of (laughs) a critique yeah right i did a quick sketch well it was a large dog and they put two cones around the you know what, oh, it, what okay. had happened before oh. they could get a cleanup. Wow, that's wow. Plaza that right there. And, yeah. Well, they were on it, so that yeah. and then they yeah. got cleaned up. And, and see, uh,
3: they let dogs do that, but now I can't smoke a cigar. No, you cannot. <laughs> I, I would
4: call. I would call the Plaza, yeah, please. Um, well, what,
3: <laughs> Charlie? You get a lot of compliments because I've been out there to see you, and you always have such great things up at the art fair. And people spend a lot of time in your booth laughing, and and I've seen them actually shell out money for good money for some things and and uh, some good values there but I'm sure you have heard a lot of compliments but are there any insults that you've heard over the years that have stuck with you that you just you can't get out of your mind
4: well uh, backhanded compliments there you know like these are okay but they are cartoons like I said well that's right. I'm not an trying art to
1: fair. Yeah,
4: I'm trying. I'm not trying to hide behind, you know, just because <laughs> yeah. I do a quick like A Right, right. And uh I think one time someone was saying something bad about my art within Alicia's uh your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she heard it. She goes, "That's that's interesting, that's my husband. <laughs> and the guy goes, whoa, 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 but, every but, you know, uh, as long as they show up, you know, it's,
3: it's everyone's... But that's the big highlight, really, of the circuit
4: here in town is the plaza and... Brookside's good, uh, Westport's good, which I've never done that because it's too close to the plaza and it's, mm-hmm. it's just hard yeah. enough to get ready for one show, let alone, you know, two. Prairie Village is June... First, so there's enough time between the two and they
3: used to do Brookside I, I used to do he? Brookside okay. yeah
4: and I used to do St. Louis and we used to go to Vail and Dallas Omaha but the now, road is long and hard yeah and, they, yeah. yeah.
1: now they don't uh, they don't give away those spots for free do you have they, to pay for a position on the not the only that chair? but
4: you have to apply and send images oh, of both okay. the yeah. uh, uh, your art and the tent got gotcha. to display and mm-hmm. then they've got a jury and I, I've sat on juries and that's really yeah. hard work because you're clicking through thousands of submissions and five images for like 10 seconds a piece. So. so they
1: probably wouldn't take my Microsoft crayon program drawings that I've done on the computer. I mean, they're, they're definitely the, not going to
3: yeah. take that photo montage thing that you do. Oh, okay.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> There's a new uh, uh,
3: digital
4: category. so It's a really, yeah. okay.
3: Wow. Okay, well, maybe, Dick. Maybe
4: I, so, yeah. I don't sell yourself short. Buy well, your clothes cool. and Yeah, I like that. So,
3: on the art fairs, you're grandfathered in, I assume, after you do so. I mean, they don't. Uh, no, I you the, have you to have apply. To go back and run the gauntlet.
4: Yeah, you have to apply every year oh, wow. and it's through Zapplication now. So it, it in the olden days we had to send slides and they would float them up in a carousel and cl- and coordinate these things and click them all on. Now it's all in digital form and they can plug into Zapplication okay. which is the housing and then but talking about the uh, the corner space, you have to be first in with the check. At the Plaza Association to get that spot, oh. same way with with Prairie Village. So, uh, even though you know <laughs> it's first have- come first serve, so the locals are, are, you know, they have the advantage of getting the corner spaces because you, I can hand like if I got I got it, the email notification that yeah. I was in. Got in the car as soon as I got that. And I uh, handed them check before they closed. I
1: think that may have so been in the inspiration to one of your cartoons I saw, where there was uh, a, and one tent set up in the middle of traffic, <laughs> and they said you can't set up at the plaza until Friday. Right, right, so, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because
4: everyone wants to like. Get a jump on it. And Go Comics, I I want to get back to that. That's Andrews Andrews and Mm McMeals. Great Kansas
3: City Company. Great Kansas City Company.
4: Located downtown. Okay. And a beautiful, uh, restored, one of the first storied buildings down there. Steel glass. Mm -hmm. And it's their online platform, which they started as a Lark years ago. And now it's one of their biggest... Uh, generators and, and presents so I it,
1: hadn't uh, until I was preparing for you for you I hadn't really seen it and it's very impressive well and
4: and it's uh, go comic go comi- com- go comics.com comics, com. comics. Uh, yeah okay. and uh, the neat part about it is re- it resurrected or it kept uh, fat cats going which is my other feature mm-hmm. and I, I get to re renew that and now I have a worldwide audience and as newspapers go down as we spoke about uh, online viewership sure. has gone up and I've increased a a my eyes on my cartoons. No, I noticed this. that
1: there was a different cartoon every day. Right. Are these from your catalog that you're feeding into there for each daily thing? Right. Or yeah, and, and I know uh, you're not uh, getting up at six a.m. drawing a new cartoon.
4: And well, I've got I've got I don't know how many thousands of cartoons from yeah. you know, from eighty four eighty three sure to the present and uh, so, and Cowtown or Fat Cats is twenty years old now this this mm-hmm. this year and Cowtown I can redo it or I can I, I have stuff I haven't published or scanned yet No, yeah. and so, some of it because it's none of it would make sense because of what the content and uh, some of it is probably inappropriate from what well, we what I thought was funny <laughs> when I was you know uh-huh. in my 20s it's like yeah. well, mm-hmm. that, I don't know <laughs> young Charlie that was that was a bit questionable yeah I was going to ask
1: you if there were any of those out there that you said well I'd, I'd love to do this one but I can't do this I one
4: probably else. yeah right mm-hmm. and, and and some of it's just not as funny as I thought it was. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know I looked through and uh, a, a couple of just the description and your, your your verbiage in the cartoon was kind of funny. I enjoyed the one called Yellow Brick Road Rage. There you go. That was a good. That, that <laughs> describes what's going on there with the Wizard of Oz. Right. I like the Love Hate Seat. Yeah, remember that one. That should
4: be in this room. The, and the, the, yeah.
1: uh, one of the sides of the couch had an ejection seat on it. That was good. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. The, I, I laughed out loud at this one. Waiter, there's a cicada in my soup. That was
4: <laughs> ran this what last week? So you you, you were current. I was, was up
1: on it, and the the closing line was, I can't hear a thing you're saying. Right, right.
4: <laughs> and when well, we have the the doors open, oh when yeah, it's nice enough. Yeah. Uh, you cannot hear the TV, yeah. because of the cicadas.
1: And everybody can relate to the NCAA bracket landfill cartoon.
4: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that was a good one too. Well, yeah. we're
1: right
3: over here. Actually, the door, the back door, opens onto the famous Barrick tomato,
4: the garden, which is the a of which you are quite proud. Why well, I am proud of it in, in real life, and and I I revisit that with with cartoon themes also with you the squirrels. His
3: some of the squirrel things are the
4: funniest well I I
3: just love them because everybody can relate to that but the one I saw recently with the squirrel selling the ones with, uh, what, disturbing holes or something. And yeah. rabbit selling the half-eaten and the birds yeah. pecked with small holes. <laughs> and they were yeah. proudly selling those tomatoes. Exactly. The rabbits. That, yeah. that was killer.
4: Yeah. Icky. Yeah, yeah
3: icky. <laughs> Bizarre holes.
0: <Everybody laughs> right, go because
4: everyone has the story. It's like you're looking at your crop and you're thinking, wow, these are going to be great. And yeah. then you turn your head and you look again and there's a bite mark or a... Just little or, shankers on there, or there's know. one in the middle of your yard. You know, the, 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 the prettiest oh yeah tomato ever, and it's half eaten in your yard. But
1: I'm I'm always amazed by people who have different
4: kind of tomatoes they're growing. Well, that I even had a cartoon of a king being pelted with tomatoes, and he was wishing they were heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I found squirrels don't go for the they, they, yeah, like they, really. The, yeah. the discerning ones do, of course. But that's why I planted 25 plants. So it's like. They get half, we get half, that's still good.
3: (laughs) Hey Charlie, I remember you, I remember you back before you did cartoons. Okay. And you were doing just uh, illustrations and things in advertising. This was in the early 80s. Yeah. And when you started doing this regular cartoon, I noticed everything changed about your thought process because suddenly you started framing everything into a cartoon yeah i mean it was a complete uh re-engineering of your thought process now i it's not as apparent to me now when i talk to you yeah but you rewired yourself
4: didn't you apparently so that's interesting i i mean internally i didn't think from my perspective that i was doing that but as a because Loy, advertising guy, he mm-hmm. commissioned me to do some some uh, work, and uh, but yeah, I, I, I had. I just
3: noticed when we were ta- when we would talk, all of a sudden, you just succinctly, you just brought it together to a punchline. I mean, you you looked at things with with this great perspective that you've always had, but you brought it down to the the joke. You. <laughs> You kind of did the cartoon. It was helpful to have funny
4: friends, too. Like Loy's one of the funniest guys in town. And and Mike Savage is funny. Alicia's funny. Yes, she is. And I would just uh, steal their funny ideas Mm -hmm. and and put it on the paper because I had the vehicle.
1: Did I see Loy in
4: one of your cartoons one time? It's funny. Loy, I'll show you uh, on the way out. I I am running one this week. Loy has popped in, usually three-cornered. Th- the three quarter uh, back side of Loy's head. Okay. Usually, as a either a sales guy at a bank or a or a, somebody opening an account or bartending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm doing one uh, for the Plaza Art Fair, a large bar. I do a lot of bar scenes. Um. It's the one where the someone set the bar too high and people are trying to you know their noses are on the on the <laughs> counter and trying to reach for their drink and and, and Loy's in the back. Pouring, and, and I'll show you yeah. a partially uh, painted okay, piece good, on the way out. It's it's still drying right so now. I'm so I'm coming back, am I? You're going to be in the plaza. All right, for good. Okay. Be You'll in be in, in the corner, and it's probably going to be the first sell. Cause that's good, yeah. Lloyd can use the
1: uh, promotion, self-promotion, I think. Exactly. Exactly.
4: Uh, in fact, I think we should take a picture of it. you looking at it from the three-quarter... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. There
1: you go, yeah. Because I need something I can put on Facebook about me. We were just down at uh, Jacobson's. On the uh, oh yeah, and uh, there's a painting hanging there that uh, I didn't realize that Loy had painted. Oh, uh, oh uh, yeah, it was one of the William
3: Burroughs. Uh, of Burroughs. Burroughs,
1: yeah. And oh. on the way out, we tested the lady at the front desk to tell us to tell us about the painting. And uh, Loy says, "Well, who painted it?" She grabs a piece of paper and says. Else well, has Loy Edge. Oh, okay. And I was and, thinking, uh, don't say anything bad, please. <laughs> oh. But you were asking for it. Yeah. Well, I know. I, yeah. I No,
3: I don't say anything. To we, Dick. We, we didn't. Dick we, has I didn't let, no let her way way know. That, I didn't
1: that. let her know she was in the in the presence of greatness at the moment. We I just know, left it At that, so. that <laughs> is kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah.
4: What do you think cool. of this Loy guy? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you
3: get to our age, Charlie, and you run into some old some people that you knew, you know, there was one fella that I ran into at. At a, at a wedding and he started talking about me and <laughs>
0: I remember that Lloyd Edge guy and I'm like oh, please don't say anything horrible how, I wonder how he's doing
4: is he talking to you or he was talking
0: to me to you oh yeah, my yeah. was, wow. it was that weird like that I'm Tom pretty... Sawyer
1: at my own funeral type <laughs> feeling oh boy yeah, oh. Yeah. yikes hey uh, I was uh, friends with Charlie Barsotti you yeah.
4: hooked up with Charlie and knew Charlie little did you Lilley, Charlie didn't you? Yeah. yeah in fact Charlie when I was Uh, starting as a cartoonist, I called him up because you could do that back then. Yeah. Open the phone book. Sure. He was listed and I went to a studio which is by the Boy Scout Memorial. Okay. And he had had a little studio there. He goes, yeah, come on over. And I talked all afternoon. I was like, I must have been, you know, I imagine I had a helium voice, you know, asking all these questions. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, Mr. Marcy, you know, and and, uh, and he answered every, I mean, he told me his life story. You know, it was fascinating because he was, I don't know if you knew that he, back before he moved to Kansas City, he was hired to be the uh, cartoon editor at the Saturday Evening Post. Yeah, I, I, I'd seen that. And that, yeah. that was, mm-hmm. he thought, wow, this is it, man. This is yeah. great. And yeah. then a week later, he got a call that the Post had pulled the plug on the, you know, this great magazine mm-hmm. that had all this history. And that was one of the first magazines that just, you know, Collier's probably before that. And, yeah. And uh, the Post just pulled the plug. And he yeah, was like, yeah. now what? You know, he, he was... And he was a big uh,
3: recurring presence in the New Yorker. Yeah, which Ampl- was really rarefied air Ampl- in yeah. those days. And he, then, he was
4: a contract. He had a contract with them until he died, of course. On and they, several they, and covers. They still, oh, and they still do. Uh, he had, they have enough Barsati material to mm-hmm. still run cartoons. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I would say Char- uh, Charlie Barsotti was to
3: people who are listening who might not, you know, might be younger. Uh, and he he passed away just recently, Two thousand sixteen, sixteen, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I
1: had brain, uh, brain cancer.
3: But he was one of the really iconic cartoonists of the seventies, eighties. Oh, until until he passed. I mean, his and, and his style was so clean. So clean. Mm-hmm. I did just a, a single line, single line weight, mm-hmm. and uh, all the power in it was the. Expressions and the characters—it was just really great stuff. And you've kind of taken the mantle, I think, as the identifiable cartoon cartoonist. Well, thank you, Of Larry. the city, because your every uh, a, Bar, a, a Barsotti had a look like a Hirschfeld cart oh, uh, yeah. illustration. You knew instantly that this was Charles Barsotti, mm-hmm. and your work is the same. When a, when you do something, everybody can tell immediately, and it's because of the distinctive lines and and caricatures and things that you do of your your people. You you just have developed this style that you've now owned for what thirty years.
4: Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, eventually it becomes a fun exercise every day to to sit down and, and uh So any young folks coming
3: around asking you for advice?
4: Usually at, at art fairs they'll they'll, they'll ask and, and uh and I, I'll have uh, I, I speak to the art institute once a year about business the business of, of art, which mm-hmm. is kind of an odd yeah. and thing and, and Frances Bosta does that program. Oh yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah she is and, and it's in the illustration department and Steve Mays still runs that and uh it's oh, on, a good it's, old man yeah he's on, a great on 40, oh, he's great and, and for, he has a style too He that does is real and it's on forty third street in in one of the off buildings off campus, and it's it's like, and I tell them, you know, it's like, you know if I could do it over again, I would have gone to art school because I didn't go to art school and and uh, and you really have a gift to be able to go to school and you know get up to speed and develop your style in a, in a school academic way. And uh, it, it just takes, it's like working out. You just, it, athletes just, except you sit down and. and mm-hmm, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. so. But outside of the <laughs> academic environment,
3: they don't come to you and say, hey, I'd love to just talk to you and. I get
4: some of that okay. at our, our art fair and, and then. Yeah, but then they ghost you, right? No, I'm no, I, I've had uh, a couple. In fact, um, I I still talk to a couple people that have built frames and. and uh, to stretch canvases for me and and uh, their work's wonderful it's like how and they ask how do I get into art fairs and it's this you know I said well you know I I started applying when I was in college and didn't get Mm -hmm. in until the year I got married which is you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it took a long time to Mm -hmm. uh, and and our first art fair I don't know you probably came down to it we built our uh, um, walls out of uh, pegboard and two by fours and it rained on them, and they, you know, warped, and it, it was a disaster. <laughs> okay. We had that, that blue tarp, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh-huh. to, to protect it, and it sagged, and it, it was. Just I a, thought
3: that was a Salvador Dali thing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the melting clock, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then somebody took it from us and built a treehouse. At least we salvaged the wood and everything. And, wow. and well, now you
3: guys get, had an office in West. Would before at forty eight hundred at forty eight hundred it was called uh, Charlie and Mike or Mike Charlie and Mike's Art to Go Go right okay that's and sweet. we were in the basement at suite number one that's right you were doing artwork for ad agencies yeah
4: you? and I, and for greeting card and and Mike was working for on Quimby Jones and more that's right and he was the art director there so he went from advertising to art and I went from I don't know it was like there, there was always a uh, Mind meld and cross pollination of art and and commerce, so which is good because we both learned the art of selling stuff. That I mean, as Borsati or one of the, they're waiting for greatness to be thrust upon them. You know, this the, mm-hmm. I think Borsati sure. had a cartoon. This guy just waiting in his room. You know, to, yeah. with a piece of art, and mm-hmm. just, he was waiting for <laughs> that moment, um, <laughs> but to, to be able to sell your stuff and and which is Francis's. Uh, classroom is all about so what do you tell where, where does
1: a new artist well, everybody's go got,
4: everybody's got a, uh, a different um, way of doing that yeah. it's like uh, Jim Lammers he went to his animation mm-hmm. studio uh, Trinity uh, he comes to speak to them it, and Mike has done that in the past but everybody's got a different mm-hmm. you know it's like you've got to either be, uh, display it in a restaurant or a gallery or do commercial art God yeah. forbid, mm-hmm. you know but sure, every right. art all artists commercial. Oh, there's um, a term that's fallen into. But uh, everyone, it used to be like a, a a bad word, but it's it's a good thing now. No one, no one, there's no stigma. Like, oh, he's a commercial artist. Commercial
1: artist. That know. used
4: to be a bad thing, but yeah, now it's I like, remember. well, everybody they realize everybody's a commercial artist unless mm-hmm. you don't sell anything.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean,
4: if you want to sell one thing,
1: then you're non-commercial. Then
4: you're non-commercial. Right. I <laughs> finally and
1: figured that out. And that,
4: yes. the, you know. Well, I was thinking about a project
3: that we did. Yeah, a while, a long time ago. Which you have a photo of. Which I do, I'm going to put it up on this podcast on the YouTube version. Mm -hmm. And it's, Dick, you know, we interviewed Pat O'Neill. Right, yeah. And Pat had a client, I think it was uh, Bartle Hall, or it was one of the people associated. It might have been Walton Construction or something. But we we had an opportunity to put the... uh, uh, Retaining wall. The retaining wall around the entire Bottle Hall project. Okay, yeah. And so I, I wrote this this concept up and sketched it out and said, uh, presented it to O'Neill, said this would be a good uh, cartoon for Charlie. He could, he could take this thing and run with it and make some great cartoons out of it. And, and uh, Pat said, well, let's go for it. And so we did it and we presented it. And the next thing we know... Uh, Odegaard Outdoor is hand painting these things, and it was thousands
4: of
1: square feet
4: oh, of mural. it was the largest piece. Yeah, there it is. Wow. There you guys yeah. are. Yep.
1: There's the picture right there. That. See yeah.
4: those young guys? Man, when we wore a younger man's clothes. That's that right. <laughs> yeah. So uh. this
3: was, uh, at least I've contended, that it was the largest hand painted outdoor mural in the history, really, of the world. Uh, Kansas City. I don't know.
4: It was a big piece, and um, it, you're talking about commercial artists. The guys that that absolutely, they just nailed it. I mean, they it, nailed the, it. I mean, the, that is a specific discipline. To so you did, like how thumbnail. many drawings? I did the thumbnail uh, on you know the, and then it were, repeated they, all the way around. Uh, um, the same I think ones. It, it was it, a series.
1: It, it, was, it uh, was it was looped.
3: It was two long panels. <laughs> yeah, that each were were had a lot of. Content, sure. mm-hmm. so it was. It was probably when it was finished. Each panel, uh, each what, what would you call that? A, a, a uh, what is Trip, the word? Tip, tip, tip. yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, was probably about twenty feet long.
4: Okay, yeah.
3: And so there were two of them. So mm-hmm. before every, 40, every feet, forty feet, it would repeat. Oh, be
4: darned! Yeah. And, and so the guys that the fabricated this, they had. This in front of them, and they just nailed it. I mean, they, they you know, they're doing they freehand
1: painted. Free, it? I, I, yeah, I, I don't. So they they were, we, we were the writers and designers. Wow!
3: But the yeah. real artists
4: were the guys that worked. For <laughs> the guys, guys in The I coveralls. I mean, it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're out in the you know and the elements, <laughs> just, just nailing this thing, and, and it looked like I. Yeah, you know, projected now they now they do digital. You know, they can just print that stuff big and yeah. and uh, spank it on the wall. Sure, and, but, but uh, I'd like to know where hand those hand
3: panels hand are because each one of those was a
1: work of art. Well, you'd there'd still be somewhere around somewhere.
3: Uh, it, it? And of course, in those days, they just tear it up and throw it away. But
4: probably it's mm-hmm. in a yeah, landfill. Yeah, yeah, I did Fantastic. the same thing for the the, the uh, KCI for Joe McBride, and I did all thumbnails, and the guys at Acme mm-hmm. signed just and i i have one of them in, in the basement and they still have some at the at the employees lounge at kci Probably. you, also, you did, a
3: piano or,
4: uh, I did a piano or what was telling which me about i think it's still I down it. at union station yeah okay um and that i had i had to hand paint he that hand one hand painted that i it was fantastic baby
1: grand type thing it was, or was I, it, it could uh, be upright? a full yeah no it was a grand was it really yeah and
4: they wheeled it down to the garage basement and they painted they whited it out for me so they put the undercoat yeah and it was—I an, don't know if it was an old Steinway or you know Yamaha or something—but it was a fully functional piano, wow. and I had to, you know, paint yeah. the lid. The harp as, as they, you know, mm-hmm, the ins- yeah. around the harp, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of neat because we could play piano in the in one story down, and you could hear it on the. Oh top sure, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a project mm-hmm. at the uh, Butch Rigby at, at the uh, and, and John Ship at the mm-hmm. the old uh, Walt Disney. Studio, oh yeah, the Laffagran Studio yeah. on 31st and Forest, I think. Yeah. And we we put cartoons and, and we we called all cartoonists that we know, knew to do a cartoon and we to shutter the windows oh, to go. protect that building.
1: Yeah,
3: sure.
4: And they're still trying to find calling
3: all cartoonists, calling all cartoonists. Yeah, <laughs> no, all cartoonists. <laughs> we did. we called in the
4: favors <laughs> and we, we got some good stuff. We got Mort Walker to do one. Um, oh, no, you're yeah. kidding. Yeah, Bill Amen from That's uh, a Bill guy. went yeah. to
1: North, Northeast High School with Mort Walker. Wow. And, and he just
4: passed. Um, yeah, they just re-
1: last
3: he year. He did right High and lowest
1: and Beetle
4: Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. And and didn't he start, um, what's the Viking, Hagar the Horrible? Oh, really? I think. And then they handed it off, because they did a lot of, is Brownlee, uh, they did a lot of collaborative mm-hmm. things, and then they split off, and then their kids started doing it, because these things became these, these industries. Have you got
3: a favorite cartoonist that's working that's not Charlie Potterberg?
4: I... Oh, I like, well, I like all the dead cartoons too. Like, like, uh, uh Charlie Adams. That, that, oh, yeah. I, I course. think that was our first, and yeah. Charles Schultz, all the Charlies. Um, those were our first cartoon books. Mad Magazine, all the, all the, the old Mad Magazines mm-hmm. were, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of, you know, when you're yeah. a kid, and you get to read subversive things like that. Yeah. I mean, it was just, worth a trip oh, to the barbershop just uh, to be the, able the to- best, right? <laughs> and you'd be laughing and you'd get a bad haircut, and you know. Uh-huh. But uh, I'm friends with Billy. I mean, I like his foxtrot, uh, but he still he only does it on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like Berkeley Breathed, and he's retired. So a lot of the guys that I like. Have there been any new ones that have gotten your attention, I'm or trying do
3: to you even follow the stuff really? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if it, you're like me, you can't even remember who's doing what. You can't.
4: And when you're doing your own art, it's like going to an art fair, and I never see the other art because you're mm-hmm. tethered to your sure, to your, your booth, tent yeah. and booth, and and then there's um, the drinking thing. So.
1: <laughs> now, without mentioning names, are there uh, cartoonists out there uh, on the national level that you say, why are they even in the business?
4: I would never say that because yeah. I, I, I'm I mean, sure people have said it? that about me. I, no, I I've had editors, mm-hmm. you know, talk about other cartoons. That was like, wow, dude, you know, yeah, you're, uh, you're the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's kind of, you know, they're editing things. that they, But it, it yeah, is subjective sure. and humor is really, you know, some people say, well, the art, is good, but the writing's bad, or the writing's good. No, it yeah, kind of sure. a, a the People in my parents' generation,
3: two. when they see a Barrett cartoon, they do most of them do not get it. And I mean, I'm I'm talking about from way back. They just didn't understand the inside, so-called inside humor of your stuff. Well, it,
4: because it wasn't obvious enough to them. Yeah and I always say they go well I don't get it and I said, well just think lower some sort some of so high concept it. it's like why yeah. does no, 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 no.
3: Charlie do those cartoons about those squirrels <laughs> <laughs> right
4: I, I mean they don't talk <laughs> wow. Anthropo- yeah cool
1: have we covered everything on the sheet there do you think uh, let's see let's see the poster yeah
3: Charlie did this King of the, yeah. he did that man what a life yep Oh, I know what we need to talk about, really. Is this Joe's Barbecue. Joe's Kansas City Barbecue thing. Yeah, what's going on? a lot of people you know. have seen that. The rub and the sauce. The Night of the Living Barbecue, which was just one of your cartoons. Uh, that was a book you did, actually. Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's in our neighborhood. It,
3: And then Jeff Staney, who is a friend of yours. And Joy came, and
4: his wife. And they,
3: Joy came up with this idea. And I remember talking to that guy, thinking, man, he knows what he's doing. Because I did a little bit of stuff in the bar restaurant business and I can remember he was getting we were in your backyard and he was talking about this thing he was going to do yeah this barbecue and I could tell now this guy knows what he's doing he's he's serious about it and and you were involved with that right well he started
4: competing and and started winning at the American Royal which is no easy task because uh, you know uh, talk about subjective taste and Mm -hmm. everything yeah uh, and it's all blind tasting um, and then he opened his first place over here. It was a very forlorn corner, as you recall. Next to the oh, yeah. station, yeah. 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 yeah, the old Apco. yeah, then mm-hmm. and, and Green, Green's mm-hmm. Corner, and, and uh, he. And then years after that, he he didn't own the rights to his own barbecue sauce, and said, "Let's start a barbecue sauce company together." And I thought, okay, you know. And, and he came up with the formula and the flavor profile, and his his background is advertising, also. Which is why I think he, you know, he knows how to promote his. Mm-hmm. his. And so we came up with these labels for Cowtown Barbecue products, and, and they're still around and, and going, doing real well. But the association, of course, with the, with the restaurant is a great thing because, you know, well, everybody's it, I got mean, a, and it.
3: And the, the seasonings were very
4: good. They and still then, are. And, and uh, what a
3: wild ride that barbecue thing has been.
4: I know. I know. Um, nailed it. And the the just the just when he thought we, you know we were the barbecue capital it's like we've expanded even i mean there are new barbecue places that still open mm-hmm, every year yeah. and, and they, they everybody's got a different wrinkle to what you think is the same thing but if you go to any of the big
3: hits like q39 have come
4: in yeah and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. slaps and KCK. There, there are a lot of new ones and great. and um everyone's got a different wrinkle on something everybody thinks they yeah oh i know what barbecue is well try this it's a little right. bit different the presentation um, just the nuance of the flavors and the smoking. and
3: You know what? They, if anybody else comes up with a barbecue as good as Joe's, KC, and can sell my gas and actually out of a pump that will spit out a receipt every time, <laughs> you got I'll say, there. okay, I'll, yeah. they got something. Yeah. You know what? That's one thing
4: I can say that nobody else has. Well, I, I get all my gas at Joe's. I know, and it, it's a happy... It's kind of a cool, what could have been a disadvantage of being in a gas station turned Mm -hmm. into a quirky, wow, that place is in a gas station. And, And now it's like they... They could never get rid of that because that's the thing well, i think stainy's brilliant yeah so and it's, it's you know uh, i've
1: been by there before with lines and lines and i'll sit out in the parking lot and just call the order in and go to the pickup table and pick up the the carry out you, yeah,
3: that's a good so you got that's to a good way to that do it because uh, the yeah. tourists and the people who want to have the experience mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, a destination they're yeah. always there i'm mm-hmm. i'm saying i live in the in westwood too i'm over here i I came to Westwood just because Charlie and Alicia lived <laughs> <on> there, <laughs> yep. as most people do. And uh, yeah, I won't even go near that place if, mm-hmm. if yep. I if it's not an odd hour of the day. Odd hours, fun there.
1: Yeah,
4: but that the. You I should, didn't know there
1: was an odd hour.
4: Um, 11 oh, you got very right, early. It, it's or, kind of a breakfast or, thing. Is it okay? And, no, right, and, and mid, mid-afternoon. Uh, Whenever you
1: don't want to eat barbecue, that's the time to go there. <laughs> I just change all my,
3: you know, desires to meet okay. the dead times. You have
4: to be flexible like Gumby. Yeah. No. yeah. I like drinking at 7 a.m. That's no lie. Because line, you
3: know right? what? There's never any competition for the stool at the at Kelly's. <laughs> More
4: for you.
1: That's right. Yeah. I, I think we've coasted <laughs> to a stop on that one. <laughs> well,
4: lurched. Well, Charlie, it's great. Great talking to you. Well, Dick, thanks Man. for coming by, Loy. It, it, well, you know, the door's always open. Come on over. Man, it's a
3: pleasure and uh, congratulations on all the success and continued success to you with this Thank you. I, this I great mean, cartoon and uh, I, I gotta tell you, I think the whole independent Thing is, it, it's a great thing. It's, it's a great publication. It is. It's gotten better over the years. Yeah. And so uh, I, I always look forward to that. Well, thank and you. So it's a fun group I'm over there you, too to I'm work glad
4: with. Glad you latched onto that deal because that's cool. It is. It's part a part of Kansas City history, and and um, it it ain't easy uh, doing publications anymore. And and they, they keep it going. So that's yeah, right. Yeah, it it is. is. All right, Charlie. Thanks. Thanks, Dick. Goodbye. Thanks, Lloyd.
1: All right, we're heading down to Devil's Cigar Lounge on the plaza. I think Ted McKnight is waiting for us down there.
3: Hey, Dick, let's go down and get a drink, man.
1: Oh, I can always pause for that refreshment.
3: Yeah, I heard somebody playing some country stuff or something down there.
1: Oh, <laughs> the man in black is here. Gary Player's here? No, 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 no. no. Uh, the Cash Man.
3: Oh, even better.
0: When I seen that notice coming It told me I was toast They took me off of Facebook Cause they didn't like my post And I'm stuck in Facebook prison And time keeps dragging on And I can't post me nothing Until my sentence is done Well when I was a young man My mama told me son don't you piss off liberals showing pictures of your guns But I bagged a 30-point buck Just had to show that deer But I think it was my MAGA hat That got me thrown in here I don't care what you like, Zuckerberg, you little wussy Go ahead and take me off Stupid sissy sight. You're gonna get yours, boy. Give you a good old fashioned whooping. See what kind of man you are then. I'll bet Zuckerberg is eating in a fancy dining car. He's probably drinking Starbucks, you know how them lefties are. But I know I had it coming, so I'll just take my licks. But my cellmate's Alex Jones now. We'll get this bullshit fixed.
1: who's setting across from us here oh, it's man. touchdown teddy
5: <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> that's right good morning
1: ted mcknight former kansas city chief great now businessman around the area here
5: how you doing uh, you know, i'm doing good you know like any of the other guys i got my own aches and pains but so far so good
1: <laughs> yeah. and i'm sure you had a lot of reason to get those aches and pains through the years didn't I, you? i yeah. had
5: grown men having nothing else to do but beat me up on a sunday <laughs> afternoon <laughs> what
1: a career let's talk about uh, first off what have you stumbled across over in, uh, in
5: Europe and England? I happened to have an opportunity about a year ago to meet a group called Arrowheads Abroad. Arrowheads Abroad is a group of individuals that are Chiefs fans. Every NFL team has a group of fans that follow them on NFL Sunday in the UK. Mm-hmm. As it was explained to me, on NFL Sunday, you'll probably see more NFL jerseys being worn than you will see rugby, and soccer jerseys combined. Really? Which which makes for a huge, huge market. Wow. And the reason I think that it's been so successful is that they did have NFL Europe, which gave the different European communities the opportunity of experiencing what NFL football was all about. Sure. For anyone that sees the value in that, there becomes this really kind of an untapped market that we're trying to get an opportunity of getting a level of exposure.
3: All right. Absolutely. I mean, they, they show up in these different places. It's a real event. I That's mean. it.
5: And, and the, the fact that, you know, probably buying NFL Sunday package would be a relatively expensive thing. What the fan base does is they find a pub that they like to go to. Mm-hmm. Everybody throws in, that pub owner then will buy that NFL package, so those folks will come and be able to watch the game. What a great marketing ploy. You know for a fact, on that day, you're going to have a full house.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting deal. So they, they, they have these little tribes over there. Absolutely, that's right,
5: that's right. So a gentleman named Jordan came to Kansas City and talked with members of us that are NFL ambassadors, and Jordan had come up with this program, this this site called chattelize. What Chatalize does is it allows former players or alumni to have a one-on-one video conversation with a fan. Hmm. So you have your laptop sitting here. They will inform you when that individual is ready to talk based on the time frame that you've decided. And so those individuals will then contact you within that allotted amount of time for maybe a five or ten minute conversation. Maybe it's a young man's birthday. So you've got the basic information that it's Johnny Joe's birthday. Johnny Joe's going to be 12. He's a a fan of the team. This was his number. This was what he played in school. And so you've you've got that one-on-one going on. And you've got that video contact that they're able to see you. So you have that wonderful eye-to-eye contact deal. Over here, you've got your little iPad. And you say, hey, Johnny Joe, would you like me to send you an autographed picture? He says, yeah, I'd love that you sign on the iPad. <laughs> he actually is watching the signature at it. You hit send, it goes to his email address, he can then print that picture off. Very cool. So it really gives individuals, maybe like myself or others that can't go to an arena and demand 25,000, 50,000, mm-hmm. 100,000 to do a 30, 40 to an hour talk. Right. But Chatelize allows you to be able to say for $10, $15, $25 for 10 minutes, we can have this one-on-one conversation. No, and it's you. a real special treat for Absolutely, that. Absolutely, it sure is. Have you
1: had any of these conversations yet?
5: No, and that's why I appreciate where we are right now. Okay, I'm in the process of getting back with the folks mm-hmm. in the U.K., We're going to do a podcast and talk about the Chiefs' upcoming season. Gotcha. That then will give that fan base an opportunity of getting excited about what's going to be taking place. The fact that we've got the preseason game going on this evening becomes kind of that starting point. My objective is shortly after this to have that podcast with them, have them tell me what they saw in the game, share my opinion, and that's nothing more than what it is, my opinion, and then say, hey, listen, if there are other fans that would like to have an opportunity of visiting with me here's how we can go about doing it and we can do it through channel i'll provide them the site i'll provide them the information they then will contact the company the company will set up the time that we're going to visit i'll be sitting with my jersey on and a pair of shorts because you won't you know you don't you're, you're at home <laughs> it's basically extra to see yes, away, yeah so let's if. let's let's keep it above the waist, so to speak and that then will become a wonderful opportunity of expanding one's fan base and having an opportunity of speaking with Chiefs fans.
1: What an incredible deal. Well, let's test you just a little bit. What about this year's Chiefs team? What's your thoughts?
5: And You know, I think that they're going to be very competitive. It seems as though the offense has always been able to get points on the board. Mm-hmm. The problem was that every time we got points on the board, it was exposed that our defense was lacking in some of its areas. I think that there's going to be a lot of competition for those areas where there might have been better players. Sure. But that I think this team has gone out and has brought in a lot of talent and I think they're going to fill those holes. I really feel that they have the potential of winning the AFC. West, for certain, Hmm. and hopefully, based on how the football bounces, because it's got odd points on it, (laughs) getting into the playoffs. So the minimum that I think is that they win the AFC West division. The hope is that they get past the first, potentially second round going into the playoffs, and hopefully we'll meet each other in Atlanta for the Super Bowl.
1: Well, we we can only hope that we don't hit the normal Kansas City disappointment block in playoffs. For well, let's teams. hope so too. But I think
5: Andy <laughs> Reid is really seen that his team has potential. Unfortunately, you've seen some of the guys that were stars here move on and go elsewhere. Sure. And I think that that is a natural progression in the game of football. It's great to have those veterans there that can provide leadership for the young guys. But you also have to have speed because that's the nature of the game. It's a game of speed.
1: You had speed back in 1979 when you did the longest run, the 84 yards. And that record stood for, what, 33 years until a guy named Jamal Charles went 91 yards and uh, and took the cake on that one. Do you still remember every step of that 84-yard run?
5: Well, I, I do because it was videotaped and I watch it regularly. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was a, it was a short yardage play all we were trying to do against Seattle was get one yard for a first down yeah Tommy Condon uh, came through who was a pulling guard cleared the hole and Tony Reed also came through and uh, I found my way running down the sideline and uh, I didn't realize that it was going to be a record but I know I'd broken that record because it stood at 71 mm-hmm. I broke it at 77 then I broke it again at 79 and then the final was 84. Incredible. Well now
3: you just mentioned uh that you like to watch Ted McKnight videos which I can understand. You're probably a Ted McKnight fan. Once in a while. But you were telling me that you had an interaction with some of the people from the UK here in Kansas City. Tell me about that and what that experience was like and why how that's given you such enthusiasm for this project.
5: Loy, I didn't know what to expect when I was asked to meet them and we met down in the crossroads and they had their jerseys on and they had a flag that had the UK Union Jack and the American flag kind of in this format and everybody had on their jersey and on the back of their jersey at the bottom it said Arrowheads Abroad and I thought very cool everybody had their jerseys on and it was a neat deal and as I had the opportunity of visiting with them they not only had their stat books but they knew more about my college and professional career than I did. And I kind of sat there going, really, really? Those are things that I did? I, 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 you know, if it's possible for one to dislocate their arm, pat themselves on the back, I'm still trying to get that sucker back in place.
3: (laughs) So a new fan base, you had no idea these people in the U.K. were into this. No, I didn't.
5: No, I I knew that they were watching the game because of NFL Europe. I knew they they were being exposed to it, but I did not know that there was such a large fan base of NFL fans for different teams that were a part of that, that community. What were they like? Were these middle-aged people, young people, all ages? It was across the board. You had some, uh, I, I would say they were, and especially the fact that they flew here. I mean, you're not going to find some 18-year-old with a pocket full of dough flying from the UK to the United States. But I would say anywhere from the age of 25 to their mid-50s, somewhere in that area, men and women. So it was mm. totally across the board as to that fan base that the Chiefs have. Uh, in the UK.
3: Now I'm going to guess these were big drinkers and have having a lot of fun.
5: They were drinkers. I don't necessarily know if they were big because normally you would think that there'd be a lot of beer but most of us were drinking wine. Oh is that right? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. I just figured since it was a pub-centric uh, activity over
5: there Well, probably so, but I think they were just being nice. Is that right? Yeah, I think they were being nice. But, you know, the wonderful thing about it is that the restaurant had a lot of people in it. And these people all stopped to see what was going on. And then when someone expressed that these were folks from the U.K. that came over to watch a Chiefs game, there was a bit of an interaction with them. And it was really something fun to watch. Well, that makes a Chiefs fan from Kansas City pretty proud.
3: When they know that there are people over there in the UK who Absolutely. share their enthusiasm you bet for
2: the does.
1: team and, and particularly their enthusiasm for Ted McKnight. What do you think the, uh, the appeal is? Soccer, the worldwide ball sport, football, uh, the American sport, what's the appeal to the folks over there? Because they should be soccer fans. They're football fans. What's what are they seeing?
5: Well, I think they're seeing a combination of two or three things. You have Australian rules football, which is it's got kind of an origin to to rugby. Mm-hmm. So you've got a big rugby-based group there, and rugby is is different than than football, NFL football, because rugby is. I don't want to take anything away from the game, but you kind of have more of a drag tackle. You don't have on the full gear, the full padding. Mm -hmm. So you have more of a side tackle, drag tackle. I think the appeal to NFL football is that you've got these giant, massive men with gear on, and they are it's six seconds of absolute, six to ten seconds of absolute control violence. Then you take a little break, you go back to the huddle, you get a little breather, and you do it again. Yeah. And I think that that fan base, that group that's getting that exposure, is seeing all of these different games combined into one. And it just for them becomes an exciting thing to see. And the fact that it's more of an aerial game now, as opposed to a ground attack, they're seeing... Great speed out of these young guys. They're seeing great arms out of these quarterbacks. And I think that that for them is the intriguing part. So if you watch soccer, soccer can go on and on and on without there being any scoring. But the wonderful thing about soccer is you feel the energy when there's a breakaway and you can see the crescendo of people getting excited just before there's a shot at goal, whether they hit the goal or not. You can feel that energy. Well, football is the same way. When you see a guy break away, you see him open in the downfield. You see the quarterback setting up. You see the potential. And I think that's where the attraction comes in.
1: I think it is. I think you just described the game of football better than anybody's ever done. Yeah, it. You know? excellent. Yes, very good. You know what? A lot of football players, after their career, they head out into the business world. Where have you gone?
5: I was the same way. I had the opportunity, as I was mentioning to Lloyd earlier, that when I was drafted by the Raiders I wanted to get into the broadcasting because that was kind of where my degree was mm-hmm. so I went to KRON and I and I went and did an audition with them I was still an active player I left the Raiders and came to the Chiefs I got an opportunity of doing some some broadcasting and doing commercials and things here locally and then I got into the business community and I'll tell you the thing that really intrigued me was that when I was with the Raiders I I happened to see Some of the the great Raiders players, and I was there during that 77 season, that Super Bowl winning season, when everybody recognized who that team was. All of these guys, and this was the thing that was the coolest to me, they were pulling up in some of the neatest vintage cars I've ever seen. You were seeing Bentleys, you were seeing Rolls, you were seeing Jags, you were seeing Austin Martins. You were seeing these guys getting out of these cars, and they were lawyers, they were accountants. They were brokers. They were professional people. But the thing of it is, is that you saw those cool cars. And I said, one day, one day, (laughs) whatever it takes, I want to be in a position to get a cool car like that. (laughs) And one of my buddies that I ran with with the Raiders had a beautiful little 450 SEL Mercedes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, now we're talking. This is the direction I want to go. Well, as I left the game and came to Kansas City, I got into the business of being a banker. I got into after I left the banking community. I got into the business of being a stockbroker, and I, and when I left the stock brokerage business, I joined a firm here that started out as Robert Deal O'Byrne when I joined them which is now called CBiz, and I am now into my 25th year with this firm Very cool. And, and what car are you driving now? I've got a little SL Mercedes. Okay. And all right. it's it's an old one. Okay, but cool. it's it's a wonderful little old car and unfortunately it's been a, that that car has been a bad habit for me. I've had several Mercedes and I've had several Range Rovers. Okay. And anybody that drives those two cars knows how finicky they both can be. Oh, okay. But I just got addicted to them. So (laughs) I kind of came full circle with what I saw and what I kind of eventually ended up uh, having a chance to drive. What's the longest
3: streak that you've had without having a major repair, Ted, if I may ask?
5: I, with, with my little coupe, I have done a lot of that stuff on my little coupe on my own. So I would say, About a year, year and a half. There you go. Without a major. Now, I've had some minors, but without having anything major. Not, on any of my cars, I've never had a transmission issue. I've never had a rear axle issue. I've never had any of those things. It might be finicky. A window's not going up. But the air is not necessarily $400. three to $400. Though I yeah. think the most was maybe 1500 to put tires all the way around. Good tires as opposed to you know tires that are <laughs> exactly. going to last those me. Those things retread. are. Oh,
1: man. All right, I'm going to hold a picture up, and I want you to tell me about this picture.
5: Okay. Ah, uh, we were a group called the, um, the Class the Act. The Class Act, uh-huh. Uh, it, I think it was an event for Lamar Hunt. It might have been Lamar Hunt's birthday or an alumni event. and uh, It's
1: four handsome guys in suits laying around like uh, uh, a Motown group stance. That's exactly sort. what it
5: was mm-hmm. because we ended up singing Motown songs at an event that was done for either the alumni and Lamar Hunt.
1: I've got Bobby Bell, you, Tony Reed,
5: and Walter White. Correct, yes. Looking good. We had the best time. We came up with our own dance steps. Uh, We we listened to Motown music, and we performed this event in front of the uh, NFL alumni that came here for Alumni Week. Very fun. Fun. Ted, you got some pipes, I'll tell you that. I I imagine you can knock out a pretty good Motown tune. In the shower, I am great.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, uh, just to echo on that... Uh, one time at the Parkville Chamber of Commerce back in 2011, you may not remember, maybe there have been too many drinks, I'm not sure, <laughs> but you joined J.D. and the crew with a little Ride Sally Ride up on stage. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, I do. That happens to be out on the internet. Oh, it On YouTube.
5: <laughs> I didn't know that. Do I have your permission to play a little piece of that? Yes, please go right ahead. I, I want to hear how well I did or how badly I did. Let's listen.
1: There you go. There he was on stage that night. That's incredible. Yes. And not bad. Not bad at all. What else do you want to accomplish in life? You've accomplished many things, many records. Football is your baby, and uh, and you've gone on to business. What do you want to do?
5: You know, at some point, I know that that either I'm going to get walked out of the door from my company or it's going to be time to move on because our industry is changing so dramatically. And, and you know, the, a lot of the young people are coming into that industry and, and old baby boomers like me, it's going to be time to move on. But the thing that I'd like to do, and I know I've visited with you about this, is that I'd like to, as long as I have the ability to work, I want to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. As I've mentioned to Loy over a number of years, the, one of the things i have liked is I'd like to learn how to be do voiceover work. Right. I've always been told I've got the most perfect face for radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if I could get into doing something like that, I would love to have the availability of continuing in that part of of the industry. Uh, I know with my group, The Ambassadors, I still want to be very much involved as I get to that point of retirement of doing things with the community with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are our future. And, and I know that there's a lot of things going on in their lives and and they still look to athletes as being kind of role models. Now, we all make mistakes and one of the things that I will say is that I tend to agree with what Charles Barkley said years and years ago when I asked about being a role model, when he said, I don't wanna be someone else's child's role model. If they can't find a role model in their mother and father who get up every morning to go to work, make sure they have a place to sleep, make sure they have a home, worry about them on a regular basis. If a child can't find a role model within their own family, there's something wrong within our society because we as athletes find ourselves making the same kind of mistakes as anybody else. So I don't want to necessarily be put in that position, but I would like to share the things that I've learned over my time in, in school, in athletics, and in business.
1: I know you've worked with the Niles Home for Children in the past. Yes. very a good organization there, too. Yeah, that's, that, that's quite a deal. Well, what are we missing out on? What are some of the buddies you still hang out with from uh, the Chiefs Gone
5: Past? Well, we have this wonderful group called the Chiefs Ambassadors, and I feel very honored to be a part of that group. And one of my dear friends, Walter White and I, years ago, we were, we were headed to Chillicothe to help do a fundraiser. They had no idea who we were, they had no idea why we were there. When we came back, well, as we drove, we talked about how can we bring some uniformity to the players that are out there trying to do things in the community. We went back and that was when Carl Peterson was here and Tim Conley. And they said, put something together, bring it to us and let us take a look at it and see what we can do to help you guys put this in place. That was the beginning of the group called the Chiefs Ambassadors, which started in about 1988. Only team in the NFL to have that kind of a group. Really? We had a seven founding members, and it has now grown to over 40 former players. And we've got the Hall of Famers. We've got Bobby Bell as a Hall of Famer. We've got uh, Ed Lothamer, Ed Buddy, Jan Stinnerud. Uh, Trent uh, Green has become a part of our group. Timmy Grunhard. Uh, Dane Hughes, Carlos Carson, Duran Cherry. I mean the list goes on and on of who's who in Kansas City football that has become members of our group. And really
3: great guys. Wonderful guys. People who are really giving and dedicated
5: to the community on so many levels and just fun to be around. Absolutely. Affable characters. Yeah, they are. And and they've got and they, and and we have on an alumni weekend that all of the a lot of the guys come in I, that we'll have about 60 to 70 guys come back. And again, the stories that that started out as an original story get so embellished that it takes a life of its own. So (laughs) I joke about when Gerald Wilson Duck was here when he came back. We played against Houston, and we were winning the game. Duck kicked the ball. Unfortunately, it did hit in the Astrodome. It did hit the top of the ceiling, so we had to re-kick it. Well, he kicked the ball. The ball goes down. The guys go down. They make the tackle. The game is over. Here's how that story got embellished. Duck kicked the ball. He ran down. This is the first year. He ran down. He weaved around. He made the guy uh, have to scramble. Somebody tackled him. The game was over. The next year, Duck kicked the ball. He broke through two or three tackles. He tackled the guy. The game was over. The fourth year, Duck kicked the ball. The ball went down. He made the tackle. Made the guy fumble the ball. Picked it up. Ran into the end zone and won the game. So each year, those stories get to be bigger and bigger and bigger. So,
1: oh, wow. Well, I know you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger with the things that you want to do. I can see you sitting at that front desk on one of the networks you know, with the four or five guys that sit around before the game and uh, contemplate what's going to happen. You'd be very good in that situation. I,
5: I would like to, but I think with the dementia and some of the other things that I'm probably going to be dealing with, <laughs> I'd forget where I was and who I was. And I'd probably tell the story as if I was ducked. <laughs>
1: very. Go. But I,
5: I I have always thought about something like that. But to be honest with you, the one thing that I would love to do is, is be a storyteller. Yeah. Because I think within stories, you're able to get out a message. And I get the opportunity of doing public speaking. And I ask them what the topic is that they want. And in that topic, I go back and I find great quotes based on the industry of what someone, a leader in that industry, has been able to say... And then I find great quotes of someone in in a professional sport and I'm able to find the link between those two and say there really isn't any difference to being a successful business person and being a successful athlete and bringing those two together and being able to get people to see that, you know what, though I'm not a professional athlete, I can still be successful in business and these two have a commonality. That's the thing that I've always wanted to do, is really be in the, in the area of being able to do, be a storyteller.
1: That's phenomenal. Loy, I think we just got a motivational speech, and I don't think it cost us anything. No, that was great. That was a good deal. All right. How do people get in touch with Ted McKnight?
5: Well, again, you're right about my site. It will be upgraded. I'm mm-hmm. spending more time doing that. But another area that one can go to is, as I'd mentioned, Contact Chattalyze, uh, www.chattalyze.com, and you'll talk to Jordan. And Jordan will help you uh, be able to look at what our schedule is and will help be able to plug you in for those conversations. Uh, You can always go to uh, tedrmcknight.com, and you can leave comments there on my site. So there's a number of different ways that I could be reached, and I'm hoping to be able to expose additional ways that we can, we can have conversations either through Chatter, Twitter, and Facebook.
1: All right, Ted McKnight, thank you so much. We appreciate the time you spent with Great us. Great to and see my you, Ted.
5: Thank you both. Thank you.
1: You know, talking to Ted McKnight reminds me of my football career. What? You hadn't heard of it? Well, listen.
5: This is Kevin Harlan with Len Dawson. We're live from Three Rivers Stadium. Five seconds remain in the game. A scoreless tie. The Chiefs driving downfield. They're at the Pittsburgh Five, Lenny. Wilson has had an
4: outstanding afternoon. I've never seen a back this year. We've seen Kurt Warner. We've seen Marcus Allen. We've seen some tremendous running backs. No one has displayed the skills that Wilson has displayed this afternoon.
5: Although we have a scoreless tie, Dick Wilson has run for 375
4: yards today. He's had four touchdown runs called back. That's right, and they're on the five line I think everybody in the stadium knows that the man that's going to get the ball is Dick Wilson. Well the crowd
5: is on their feet. The Chiefs at the five of Pittsburgh. Five seconds remain in the game. This will be the game's final play. Bill Kenny crouched behind center. What do you look for here, Leonard?
3: I look for him to give it to
5: Wilson.
0: All right the clock begins to tick. Kenny barks out, signals, gets the set, spins, hands off, Dick Wilson
1: up the middle, touchdown! No flag, no time remains! The Chiefs have won the game! Wilson, did you see him? He didn't run in, he flew into the end zone, he jumped off his feet, he traveled over
4: five yards in the air, did a somersault, landed at his feet, and spiked the ball in the end zone for the winning touch. I have never seen anything like this. The
1: man is destined for the
4: NFL Hall of Fame
1: in Canton, Ohio! I don't believe it, he's incredible! Hey, thanks for listening, and if you're listening this long, you... Probably should get a life of some sort. Uh, we'll be back with more Dick and Lloyd's media and marketing mayhem soon. You
0: might love it, you might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show.